Welcome to Lakers Carpool. My name is James Brooks. I'm your host. Welcome to an at-home edition of Lakers Carpool. The Lakers played the Clippers last night, Friday night. They did not get the win. They lost 119-115. to 115. We're going to jump into that. We're going to have a little mailbag segment. Let's get after it. All right, well, the Lakers lose to the Clippers, as I mentioned, last night, 119-115. to 115. In a pretty frustrating game for Lakers fans. I mean, anytime the Lakers lose, it's going to be a frustrating situation. But losing to the Clippers in a game that's so close, that's such a winnable game, um, it's just really unfortunate. The Clippers coming into the game were 11-11, and I believe. Lakers were 12-11, and so pretty similar records. They've kind of lost to similar teams and played uh, similarly throughout the season so far. Pretty inconsistent. That's to be expected from the Clippers as they are without Kawhi Leonard for the majority of the season this year with the Nikki Torres ACL. Um, Lakers, we were expecting to be much better than they have been so far, so that's also a frustrating situation to see the Lakers losing to the Clippers in this fashion. I will say I'm at least happy that the Lakers competed in this game. We've seen a lot of times where the Lakers fall flat in the third quarter against teams and just get blown out or or find themselves in a super um, just bad spot going into the fourth quarter. The Lakers at least played the Clippers pretty close throughout the entire game. There was a few moments where the Lakers found themselves down by like 12 points or 13 points, and they, they hit some threes and made some comebacks. I mean, the Lakers played really well, I would say, overall in this game offensively at least they they shot pretty well anytime the Clippers hit a big shot the Lakers were able to answer back um looking down at the stats for the Lakers Anthony Davis led the team he actually think he led the game with 27 points 10 rebounds on 66 percent shooting from the field um the one downside was Anthony Davis last night was his free throw shooting he went seven for 11 for a 63 percent free throw shooting on the night, which is pretty frustrating, especially late in the game, as the Lakers were trying to make a comeback. There was there was two moments, two different moments, like almost back to back, where the Lakers were down. Um, they found themselves down by like four or by three points or two points. Sorry, the Lakers found themselves down by two points. Anthony Davis goes down, and gets fouled. Um gets two free, would get two free throws could tie the game uh goes one for two makes one misses one so the Lakers are down one and then the Clippers go down and hit a three to go up by four this happened two different times in the fourth quarter as the Lakers were trying to, to mount a comeback to, to win the game and and the the missed free throws really just killed the Lakers down the stretch in that in that sense LeBron James had 23 points 11 rebounds he shot only nine for 23 39 percent um, and I guess I should mention, oh yeah, LeBron James was able to play last night. Um, I'm sure most of you guys knew that just if you're following along with the Lakers, but he, he was out for health and safety protocols for testing positive for COVID. And the rule is if you can test negative twice within 24 hours, I think, or like 24 hours taking one test, test negative, and then 24 hours later, test negative again, you can be cleared to play. So LeBron was able to test negative and and be active for the game last night. So it was good to have LeBron in the game. I think this game looks much different without LeBron. Lakers probably losing by a little bit more, honestly. 
So good to have LeBron back. And honestly, at this point, the Lakers just need to keep guys healthy and keep guys in the lineup because not having guys like LeBron and even, you know, uh, Avery Bradley and stuff, it's it's tough to, to not be playing with your full team. So LeBron came in, had 23 points, but he did not shoot well at all. He only shot 39%, like I mentioned, 9 for 23 in the game. And then awful from three, two for eight, 25% from three. You know, LeBron hits two more threes, uh, shoots 50%, and the Lakers win the game. You know, like, that's kind of what the difference in the game was. So it's one of those things where at the end of the day, I'm happy that the Lakers were at least competing to a point where if they just make one more three, if they just, if the Clippers miss one more three, uh, the game looks much different. And so in that sense, happy to see the team competing at least, but a lot of things down the stretch where the Lakers just had some missed defensive assignments. The Clippers, the Clippers, I will say hit some big shots down the stretch to, to put the dagger in the game. So in that sense, props to them for coming out and playing well. Um, but there were some things that the Lakers could have done differently in order to, um, to not give up those three pointers and stuff. So, so going down for so the starting lineup for this game was Anthony Davis, LeBron James, Russell Westbrook, Taylor Horton Tucker, and Dwight Howard. Yikes! In terms of floor spacing, like that's just rough. Um, LeBron James is really, I mean, LeBron and Anthony Davis are really the only three point shooters in that situation in that lineup. I mean, unless you count Dwight Howard, who's shooting like a hundred percent from three, he's like two for two or three for three or something like that. So. Not a great floor spacing lineup to start the game. Um, Dwight Howard did get the start after his great performance against Sacramento a couple nights ago, which is good. You know, it's you want to reward the players that are playing well, that are playing defense, that are doing their assignments and and following following the game plans and stuff. But man, I I, I think if anything, I would have, um, you know, I would put Carmelo Anthony or Malik Monk in that starting lineup instead of. Uh, Taylor Horton Tucker especially with how Taylor Horton Tucker has been playing so far this season um, he started off well but he just has been in a rut the last few games he had eight points five rebounds he shot four for nine and oh for four from three so like the three-pointers really killed us to, or last night um, LeBron going two for eight Taylor Horton Tucker going oh for four um, the starting lineup just not really able to get much done um, and I mean, so we talk about the starting lineup, which is always interesting because you look down at the list of who played how many minutes, you know, so off the bench, Malik Monk played great last night. He got 29 minutes in the game, scored 20 points, shot, uh, eight for 15 on the game, four for eight from three, only had one turnover and played played just really well he another game he's he played really well also against Sacramento a couple nights ago so good to see uh, Malik Monk stepping up and playing well when others aren't not really getting it done uh Russell Westbrook last night 10 points only two rebounds he did have nine assists which was good um he shot two for two from three so that's that's good eight, four for eight from from the field he just didn't get a lot of shots up which you know, if you have Anthony Davis scoring 27, LeBron scoring 23, and Malik Monk putting up 20 points, like, we don't really need Russell Westbrook to to shoot more in that, in that game. So I'm not necessarily upset with that performance from Russell Westbrook, um, as long as he's, like, playing defense and stuff. But he ended up um, – the whole starting lineup ended up with 
my like a minus of at least five in the plus minus category. Anthony Davis had minus nine, was a minus nine. LeBron was a minus five. Uh, Westbrook minus six. Tht minus seven. Dwight Howard minus eleven. Um, Dwight only got twenty minutes of playing time. Carmelo got twenty four minutes. Malik Monk, like I mentioned, got twenty nine minutes. So the starting lineup is always a funny thing, right? It's like typically you want the starting lineup to be able to be your closing lineup, but that doesn't that wasn't necessarily the case with how Dwight and Tht were playing last night. Um, like I said, the Clippers played well. So like over well, overall from as a team, like the Lakers shot well. They shot fifty percent from the field, which is that's great. If the Lakers could shoot fifty percent from the field consistently, they're going to win a lot more games. They did only shoot 36% from three, which is not, I mean, it's not the worst. It's pretty average, I would say. Um, not the worst. Not, it could definitely be better. But you look at the Clippers, and they just outshot the Lakers at the end of the day. They shot 50.6% from the field, so only 0.6% better. 0.6% better. Um, so they were pretty even on that sense, but the Clippers shot 45.7% from the, from the three-point line, so almost 10% better from the three-point line. And they, only, they win the game by four. So that's really kind of where you're going to see the main difference in that game last night. Um, Paul George, Lakers held him to 19 points in 39 minutes. Like, that, that, I'll take that, you know. I'll take – he shot 7 for 20 from the field, 0 for 7 from 3. So I know uh, Paul George, he's been sitting out the past few games. Um, I'm not sure if he's dealing with, like, an injury or what it, what it is. But Paul George didn't have a great game last night. Um, it was really – uh, Marcus Morris that helped that kept the Clippers above water he had 21 points leading the team uh, he shot six for nine from three he was hitting everything last night Luke Kennard came off the bench with 19 points um, shot five for eight from three so and a lot of those threes were in the second half Lakers were I think they were only down by three at halftime um, in the third quarter the 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 Clippers just went off they beat the Lakers in the third quarter, thirty-four to twenty-nine, um, which they just they the Lakers were able to at least keep up a little bit um, with, with those twenty. You know, only being down, only losing the quarter by five points, but the Clippers just went off in that quarter, and that's after scoring twenty-three points in the first quarter for the Clippers, thirty points in the second quarter, and then the second half. 34 points in the third quarter, 32 points in the sec, uh, the fourth quarter. And looking at the fourth quarter, the Lakers played well. They beat they won the the quarter 36 to 32. They just that third quarter really just killed the Lakers. Again, you know, and it, this was a this was actually like looking at it a pretty good third quarter for the Lakers for the most part. They just couldn't get a stop. They had in the third quarter for quite a while a lineup with LeBron at the 5 and um for the Clippers, Hartenstein just killed him in that in in that third quarter. He for the game he shot five for seven. He had eleven points, and it was mostly it mostly all came in the third quarter last night. Lakers couldn't stop him. Um, he, you know, he's a center forward for the for the Clippers, so he's like a bigger guy. Um, and the small lineup for the Lakers just couldn't stop him. Which is unfortunate because the the like offensively the the LeBron at the five lineup was looking pretty good like they were they were for the most part matching uh, the points the Clippers were scoring but they just couldn't get a stop and weren't able to to kind of close on the lead until the fourth quarter started and 
they were able to kind of like claw their way back. They were almost tied a few times, and then the Clippers just came down and hit big threes. And there was a few defensive plays where the Lakers, in, like down the stretch in the fourth quarter, where um, the Lakers decided to double off of the shooters that were shooting well, right? So like, like with a minute left in the game, the Lakers double the double team, uh, the person that had the ball, and left Luke Kennard wide open, who hit a three to put the to make it like a five point game. It was like a two point game, uh, made it a five point game with like thirty seconds left, and then the Lakers went down, scored again, and then Clippers went down, hit another three to kind of seal the game. So some risky defensive moves that just didn't work out. I don't know why you would decide to double off of the the three point shooters that are shooting well. Uh, seems kind of off to me. Like I'd rather just at that. I'd rather in that situation just go one on one and see what you can do. You know, but Lakers took the risk. They took the gamble. Did not pay out, and they lose the game by four. So Lakers find themselves at twelve and twelve on the season. Um, they're currently in let me see here just trying to look at the standings so clippers are 12 and 11 lakers are 12 and 12 lakers find themselves in the seventh seed in the western conference clippers are in the sixth seed I mean, the Western Conference is still pretty wide open for the most part, aside from Golden State and Phoenix, like I mentioned in my last episode. Um, the Lakers are, let's see, what are they? Three and a, four. They're four games back from Utah, who's in the third seed, which, like, again, we're still pretty early. We're 24 games into the season. We, it's, you know, there's still, a lot can still happen. So Utah at 15 and seven in the third seed is still very much reachable. Memphis is 12 and 10 in the fourth seed. They're a game above the Lakers. So a lot can happen. John Morant's going to be out for quite a while for Memphis. So you can expect them, even though they beat the Thunder by 75 points a couple nights ago, you can expect them to probably drop in the rankings a little bit. The Clippers, they're inconsistent, just like the Lakers. So who knows? Uh, Portland is in the eighth seed at 11 and 12. I think Dame is going to be out for a little while. So you can kind of expect them to drop a little bit. Um, there's just been a lot of inconsistency, a lot of teams that just are consistently inconsistent, um, including the Lakers. So that bodes well for the Lakers down the stretch if they can get their stuff together, but we can't keep losing to teams like the Clippers. You know, this was going to be a big weekend for the Lakers playing the Clippers on Friday and then, uh, getting a, a good amount of rest and playing the Celtics. They play the Celtics on Tuesday, which, um, you know, jumping into that, moving kind of moving on to that situation, the Lakers are actually predicted to win. They're fifteen. They're uh, on ESPN fifty nine point seven percent favorites against Boston. Um, I mean that's the Lakers are as healthy as they've been. Ariza is starting to practice. He's not going to be back quite yet, but he's starting to kind of shoot around and practice. No contact, but. Um, he's getting close, and then that just kind of just, just leaves Kendrick Nunn and then needing to get Avery Bradley back. So the Lakers find themselves in a pretty good um, spot in terms of injuries as long as they can stay healthy. And hopefully this Boston game, if they can get a win here, 
maybe it turns things around and the Lakers can can kind of start winning some games because up ahead you got the Celtics next on Tuesday. They play the Grizzlies, who are without John Morant on Thursday. Then you get the Thunder, the Magic. Those are very winnable games. The Mavericks, who are also 11-10 and 10 on the season. That's a very winnable game. The Timberwolves, who did blow the Lakers out earlier this season. They're also 11-12. and 12, Very winnable game. Play the Bulls after that on December 19th. The Bulls kicked the Lakers' butts earlier. Um, hard to say how the Lakers would do in that. They, it's... Any game for the Lakers is a winnable game, which makes the season so frustrating, I think. But and then we play the Suns, who are who are really good so far. So don't expect much from that game. Um, and like closing out the the rest of the year, it's uh, Spurs, a winnable game. Nets, they're sixteen and six. They've kind of turned things around. They're doing pretty well. Uh, Rockets, a very winnable game. Grizzlies again, winnable. Trailblazers again, winnable. So down the stretch, the Lakers. Honestly, down the stretch of the of the rest of the month, the only there's only two games, three games that the Lakers should probably lose based on how they've been playing. So, um, that's so they have one, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight, nine, ten, eleven, twelve. They have thirteen more games for the rest of the month, and. They should go ten and three for the rest of the month. That's so that's what we should that's the standard that we need to hold the Lakers to. Um and that's very realistic. I mean, again, these teams that the Lakers the teams that the Lakers are playing, like the Grizzlies and the Mavericks and the Timberwolves, they're they're they all have the similar record to the Lakers, so in that sense, like it's kind of a toss up, right? Like the Lakers could very well not win those games you know you look at the lakers grizzlies matchup predictor for the thursday game and the lakers are favorites by like just like a like a percent they're their favorites by their favorites by one percent on the espn app so those like that that is a toss-up but again very winnable games like those are games that the lakers should not when you have a team of lebron james anthony davis russell westbrook plus the other guys that they have if malik monk keeps playing well carmelo anthony those are teams that the Lakers should not be losing to. So I'm feeling hopeful for the Lakers. I mean, it's unfortunate that they lost to the Clippers last night. I'm at least happy with how the offense looked. I'm happy that the Lakers fought. I'm happy that it was a competitive game and that the Lakers did not get blown out, even with how well the Lakers, the Clippers played in the third quarter. It could have easily gotten out of hand, and it didn't. So I do feel good about that. But again, you never feel good losing to the Clippers. All right, let's move into our mailbag segment. So we got a few questions in, so I'm excited to take a look and answer those. So let's see. The first question we have comes in from Tyler, and he asks, when will Westbrook grow a pair and win a ring? Well, hopefully this season. (laughs) Um, I think that, you know, I've been pretty hard on Russell Westbrook this season and throughout his career. I think that it would be, you know, it's always good when you have superstars in the NBA uh, winning in general. You know, it was cool to see Giannis win last year. Um, so, you know, you love to see LeBron win, Kobe when he was winning, Tim Duncan. Like, you want the players that are good and popular to, to win rings. And, and Russell Westbrook is kind of past his prime a little bit, not at the height of his superstardom, but 
it'd be cool for him to win a ring. Same thing with like Carmelo, right? It's like it would be a nice like cherry on top to a to a good career, you know. So let's hope this year, maybe next season, um, if we can't get it done this season. Uh, next question is from Jackson. He says, "When do you become Nuggets carpool?" Well, if things go really, really sour for uh, for me and the Lakers, maybe I'll, uh, you know, jump to the to the Nuggets bandwagon. No, I'm just kidding. I don't think that would ever happen. Um, so sorry for that one. Don't think we'll become a Nuggets carpool here. But maybe you can, you know, maybe we can do a little uh, collab and you can do a Nuggets carpool and we can kind of work together on that. How about that? All right. What do we have? What else do we have? Next question is from Chris uh, B. He says, how do you think the LeBron era will be remembered 10 plus years after it's done? That's a good question. Um, hopefully with fond memories. That's my hope. I mean, I think I know like whenever I've talked about the LeBron area era and people that are negative about that were kind of feeling negative about LeBron coming to the, to the Lakers my thought process was if the Lakers will even win one ring, it'll be worth it. Um, so I know for myself, like there's certain things that are frustrating. Like even after like the 2019 season, there wasn't much to be expected from the Lakers. Um, I didn't really expect that the, the Lakers would, would, would uh, win a ring that season. And then LeBron was hurt for the, for the majority of the year. And it just didn't happen. The next season, the Lakers was, got Anthony Davis, they won the ring, um, and we were all happy. And then last season, right, like, the Lakers were hoping to repeat. Uh, there was injuries and, and some teammate issues, and things just didn't work out, and that was a bummer. This season, things are looking almost even worse, which <laughs> which has so far been pretty frustrating. Um, so, like, if this trend continues where the Lakers are just disappointing year after year, even though they've won the ring, I think it'll look be looked back at, like, you know, like a like, not not the worst, but not the best. Also, I guess like, I think for me, like winning winning the ring, um, makes makes the experiment worth it, in my opinion. But I don't know if it'll be. I don't if the if that's the only one that the Lakers win with LeBron. I don't know if that'll be, um, if it'll be looked at with the fondest of memories in the same way that we look at like, Kobe's repeat. Like the Kobe, uh, like 2008, 2009, 2010 uh, championship run, right? Like, I don't, um, like, you, uh, even though they lost in 08 because they won in 09 and, and 2010, you look back at that with like fun, fond memories. Um, with, with this three year span so far with the Lakers, you look back at it and like it's been fun. The Lakers have competed. They've been, it's fun that the Lakers have been one of the best teams in the league um, for at least the last two years two seasons um so it's hard to say i mean and i think if you look back like if in 10 plus years from now if the lakers are you know find themselves in a decimated place because by that time lebron's gone anthony anthony davis is probably past his prime or not here anymore um and we don't have didn't have draft picks and stuff and we find ourselves in a similar similar position to where we were in like 2016 2017 you know like maybe we maybe it's more disappointing because it's like well we only won one ring and now we're in a, in a bad spot maybe that's how it is i don't it's hard to say but i think as i am right now i feel fond 
about this era of the Lakers with LeBron, but it would be nice to get at least one more one more ring. All right, uh, and the one the last question we got here is from actually we might have more. We have another one from an, another Chris, Chris K. He says, which former Laker draft pick do you miss the most, Randall, Ingram, or Lonzo? You know, I think I would have to go with Lonzo on that one, mostly because of what I think he could bring to the table for the Lakers right now. I think LeBron, like, right now, the Lakers' guard play is a little bit weak, just with... I mean, the fact that Avery Bradley has been a starter for the majority of the season so far kind of shows that, right? Like, he's been playing well for for a, for who he is, but having a guy like Lonzo, especially now that Lonzo has seemed to fix his shot, like his shot is much more consistent. Um, just his 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 IQ, his passing ability, and now scoring ability is hopefully. I mean, hopefully he continues to be successful. Um, for, for his sake and, and everything. But I think I miss Lonzo the most. I think also part of it is because we didn't get to see too much of Lonzo with the Lakers before we traded him uh, to get Anthony Davis. I mean, I not to say that I regret the trade in the least bit. I would do that trade 10 times out of 10 uh, to get Anthony Davis. But um, if I could have one of them back, I would, I would go with Lonzo. Um, let's see if there's anything else really quickly. I think that might have been that might have been it, but... I did get a question. I don't think I answered this in my last episode um, from Corey. He says, would a new coach help or hurt our current situation? Frank came in and helped us get to being one of the best defenses over the past two years, and now we can't seem to stop anybody. Do we not have the personnel to run a good defense, or are we just not using the right players? You know, I've talked about this a little bit so far with... Uh, Frank Vogel up until this point I don't think firing him would really help much I appreciate that he's a defensive-minded coach I appreciate what he was able to do the past two seasons and make us one of the best defensive teams in the league I think um, he's struggling with his personnel right now I think it's more of a personnel problem than a than a coaching problem that being said it's up to the coach to find the right um, balance and the right scheme for the players that he has and so I think that is why there's been a struggle, right? Like, of course, we wanted this team to be a plug-and-play situation where they're just good right off the bat. But in retrospect, that that maybe was too high of an expectation for this team, being so brand new, having guys that are just, you know, they're veteran players, they're older. They're, there's just a lot of there's a lot of nuances with this team. So I think it's a I think it is more of a personnel problem than a coaching problem. But that being said, I think it's a two-way street. Right, I think it's up to the coach to find the right scheme, find the right strategies, use the players in the, to their strengths, as opposed to having players trying to fit within a scheme that might not be what their strengths are. Um, but I agree. I mean, it's it's definitely been frustrating that we can't seem to stop anybody. Um, I don't, and again, like I mentioned before, like there's no excuse for bad defense if you're an NBA player. I think that. I understand that there's certain body types and physicalities and athleticisms that make it easier to be a good, a good defender. But it's like, at the end of the day, like you got to do your job. Like you, basketball is not just an offensive game, right? Like you, you have to play defense also. And if you're not going to play defense, then 
if you're not going to be able to fit within the scheme, if you're not going to be able to do what the coach wants you to do or, or what the team needs you to do, then you shouldn't be on the court. Um, and that goes for everybody, right? It's like, no matter who you are, like you should be, be able to play some level of good defense or at least like something like that. Right. So I don't know. I think the, I think the Lakers, um, a lot of people after those loss to the Clippers are out for, for Frank Vogel's head again. Um, they're saying that we have a long break until the Tuesday game against the Celtics. Like if any, if there's any time to do it now would be the time. So we'll see what happens. It's hard to say. It's one of those things where it's like, I would love to give the Lakers a little more time to, to get things right. But it's been 24 games. We know the team, we know who we have and they haven't been been able to get anything done consistently, which is frustrating. So I, I don't know. Again, I think a new coach. I think a new coach could help. It could hurt. I at this point, I feel like it hurts more than it helps. But that being said, I'm assuming a new coach right at this point, like would be an interim coach that's already an assistant coach. I mentioned this, I think, two episodes ago or so. It'd probably be Phil Handy. He'd probably come in as like the interim head coach, and he's because he's already been a coach and he knows the team and what's been going on. It probably wouldn't hurt that much. Um, but obviously whatever we do, whatever the Lakers do has to get signed off by LeBron. Right. So, and I, and overall, I like LeBron is a smart business guy. He's a smart, um, basketball guy. He has a, he's what has one of the best basketball IQs of all time, you know? So I trust that LeBron will try and steer the Lakers in the right decision to make the right decision. If the Lakers do decide to move off of Frank Vogel, but you know, it's tough. Like he, he, like Corey mentioned in this, he coached up the Lakers and gave them certain schemes and strategies to be one of the best defenses the last two years. So I think we can get there. It's just a matter of getting the players to buy in. I think overall it's been a personnel problem in the sense that we have been injured and we've had players that are not giving their full effort out there. And I mentioned this in the last episode, but Anthony Davis basically admitted the fact that the Lakers as a team have not been giving out full effort because he was like, all we have to do is go on a 10 game win streak, right? It's like, yeah, that's, that would be great. You know, we have to, we have to want it. Like, yeah. Okay. Like want it then, you know, they've been, they've been playing like they don't want it um, based on those comments by Anthony Davis. And I, I don't think he says that for no reason, you know? So I think the Lakers need to, give their full effort they need to want it but they also need to be healthy and and maybe that means moving off of some players maybe that means adjusting some other things but I think it's more of a personnel problem than a coach problem at this moment thank you so much for listening to this episode of Lakers carpool if you enjoyed the episode please rate and review on apple podcasts and share it on social media with your friends You can find the podcast on Anchor, Spotify, Apple Podcasts, or most places where you listen to podcasts. Again, thank you so much for listening, and go Lakers!